Hey guys, this is Roro, and I'm on State of the Republic podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sharon and Michael. Let's start with you, Sharon. How are you doing today? Oh, everything is good. I'm looking forward to today's interview. I can't wait, and it's it's a great Monday. Great to hear that. Yeah, it should be a good one. I mean, we, we've been anxiously waiting for this moment to be able to do this interview, and uh, you know, we're, we're glad that it's it's finally gonna happen. How about you, Michael? How are you doing, man? Doing great, man. Can't complain. Uh, playoff soccer on the television. Uh, amazing, super exciting interview coming up. I mean, I can't ask for much more. Yeah, should, should be a really good one. And, and as I said, we've been counting the days to to get this interview, and we're so happy that we're finally able to get this done. And uh, yeah, we're we're stoked to hear all the interesting stories that happened in 2014 and his time in Mexico as well. As you guys know, he played in Mexico, and uh, I'm a big fan of Liga Mekki. So you know, I can't wait to hear how his move to Mexico happened. Well, and I'm really excited to pepper him with some of these questions. We've got some really good, uh, we've got some really good insight that we want to gain from from our our guests. So excited to learn. Yeah, well, welcome to State of the Republic podcast. And today we have our most esteemed guest, one of our f- absolute favorites of the Sacramento Republic FC from 2014-15 and also 2020. We have Rodrigo Lopez with us today. Roro, we love having you aboard. Thank you so much for taking a moment tonight to join us and, and to speak to the fans and to do a little flashback on 2014-15. How are you doing? Hi, Sharon. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Um uh, Michael and, and Luis, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on on your podcast. I know this, is, this has been a, a crazy year for all of us, but yeah, I mean, um, I appreciate you guys' time as well, and and thank you for having me. Um, it's always nice to see you know familiar faces, fans, and obviously guys who who follow the team and support the team, which is always great. Yeah, so it seems like we know you. Uh, well enough, given that we, we've all been following your sort of superhero status, even when you went to play, you know, in um, in Mexico, we, you know, a lot of us still kind of followed and tracked you and, and I don't know how that feels for you, but it would be interesting to do a little flashback 2014-15, since you've got such a huge following. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um you know, we were able to do that flashback to to the miracle at Bonnie this year with with uh, with Kevin and sorry with who was it with Rob right Rob McAllister um, and that was pretty fun. Obviously, it's it's great to to relive those moments. Um, you know, I had never watched that full game, uh, that semifinal game against LA. Um, I had only seen highlights, so it was it was kind of cool to for the first time relive it and and, and go through the whole game. Uh, play by play. Yeah, that 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 was definitely, I mean, an unforgettable moment. But uh, but yeah, and uh, thank you for for joining us here tonight, Roro. So let's let's get started. You know, so you know, of course, back in uh, 2014, you were our Republic's first signing. Uh, who would have thought, right, first signing, and also one of our legendary players as well. Uh, you know, I think it, it worked out really well to have both. But can you tell us a little bit more about how that opportunity came about and 
what it was like knowing that you'd be with uh, Perky again uh, since you guys had been uh, Chivas USA? Yeah, actually, that was that was a tough. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think it would happen to be honest. Uh, at that time, Preki Preki didn't wasn't really high on me. He had released me from Chivas USA. I, I, I think all of you guys know the story, but if you don't, here it goes. Um, you know, Preki after my third year at, at Chivas USA, um, he he was the coach to release me, and and you know, as a good coach that he was. You know, I think about it after, and and I think he he was in in he was right to to let me go. You know, um, but at the same time, when he told me he was letting me go, he was he was super honest with me. Um, he was direct. Um, you know, he didn't cut any corners. He told me what he felt. He told me what I needed to work on, and and uh, and I really respected that out of out of Frecky. Um And then to I got a call from Warren Smith, uh, sorry, Warren, uh, Graham Smith. Um, after I had finished playing for OC blues in 2013 and, um, and Graham was part of obviously the front office. And he said, Hey, you know, I think you should be our first player. I think you'd be great. I just have to convince Frecky. So, so I said, look, it's going to be a hard one. I don't know if it's going to happen. Right. So, You know, he convinced him. Um, he said, look, you know, he's he's basically, he's got to prove to me that, that he's changed. He's got to prove to me, you know, that, that you know, the player that he was back then, um, we all knew was talented, but he just, it was always about me playing more defense and being, being more involved as a defensive player and playing, you know, box to box. So, Um, I prepared myself really well. I was actually working construction that off season and um, I would train at five in the morning. I'd go to the gym. I'd go work from seven to five construction. And then at six, right after work, I'd go, I'd go for a run on the beach or up in, in the hills in Santa Barbara. So for me, it was, it was just, it was so clear what I needed to do. And it was so clear that, you know, it was my last chance as a soccer player to actually Uh, make a name for myself so I put that in my head and I and I came to Sacramento I signed and you know I I don't regret it that's I've always said it that Sacramento gave me a second chance in in my career and in life to me to me to be honest um, because my life has always been soccer so um, I feel like they gave me a second chance in life and and I've always appreciated that I've always showed the love uh, for the club And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's what happened back in 2014. The story, obviously you guys know the story, what happens and, and, um, you know, it's a story and, that you know, if, if I were to, you know, write a, a story sometime, I wouldn't possibly plot it out that way. And, you know, it came out to, to, to be one of the best years, obviously the first year in Sacramento history and one, one of the top mo sports moments in, in Sacramento. Excellent. You know, we, we got lucky bringing you in and it was, it was a beautiful day, the day that um, you actually did the official signing and we, you know, shared the Jersey that day. So Roro, what did you sense ahead of the move to Sacramento, knowing that it was a brand new club and it was sorting out player administration, accommodation, training ground details, and all of that other stuff. And how did you, how do you feel that you help Um, like shape the team administration because you were a seasoned professional 
you know, and you had experience and you knew what you would want out of a club. So, you know, and then we'll also talk about rubber chicken. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, you know, I, I I knew it it would have a big fan base. Um, But at that point I was, to be honest, I wasn't really aware of what it would become. I mean, I had an idea uh, that Sacramento was, was was gonna have a big fan base because of the of the first day they announced the team or they unveiled the team. Um, I think it was at Rayleigh Field, if I correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and obviously, you know, it's two teams, one from England, one from Mexico, second division, and you know, to sell it out and and to have that many fans there for that game, that just meant, you know, there's a big soccer community here. And um Grand was Graham would always mention all the all the youth soccer clubs and leagues around the area, uh, how many how many kids they had for youth soccer playing in the area, which was a lot, and um, it just made total sense that it would become something big. And when I heard Preki was on board, obviously, um, I knew the team would be competitive. Um, you know, the guy's just a winner. He he's been a winner all of all of his, all of his life um, as a player and as a coach um i knew he'd bring in the right mentality and and bring in the right players you know and obviously as you guys know usl isn't fairly easy with budgets and and you know accommodating players the way they 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 should and especially for some guys that came from mls like justin braun was was coming off an mls season and you know for him to come back to usl and 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 it's totally different, you know. It's it's total opposite of, of playing for first division. So, you know, we made it we made it a a great we we day one. I knew I knew the team would would be successful. I mean, we had we had a lot of uh, players with with um, with experience, and we also had some young guys. We had Max Alvarez coming out of college, and and you know with his his. Uh, his good career at Sac State, um, we knew we we'd have a good mix, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the fans the fans honestly played a huge role that year. Um, I felt like the city was really really involved with the team, and and I'm gonna be honest, this time around, it it kind of seemed different. Um, and I'm talking about like social media, like you know all this stuff around around Twitter. Instagram, all this stuff, it kind of seems like it, it's died down a bit. And, and obviously when I was in Mexico, I'd watch the games and it just didn't seem the same. Um, having that said, the day on March 7th, when I, when I was able to come back and play for the first time in Sacramento, I felt, I felt like it, it kind of felt before, like in 20, 2014, 2015. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of time for the fans to, to start coming again. And, and obviously with MLS coming Coming soon, I think. I think the fans are now um, locked in and, and and ready for for an MLS team in Sacramento. Yeah, most most definitely, Rodrigo. Um, I, I mean, I know it sounds corny or whatever, but I, I think you bring some of that passion out of the fan base. Uh, I I don't know how to explain it, but there is something with the the dynamic between you and this city, which is kind of indescribable. Um, no matter how corny that sounds, I, I, I was at that game. I was at Rayleigh Field. I've, I've seen the way the crowd interacts when you come onto the field, when you come off the field. It's, it's just you get a different reaction from the fans. Um, now, obviously, none of us have played at the, at the level you have, but 
just sports in general, I think the, the camaraderie between players and the trips and going out on the road, is there any particular moments you, you can think of those like initial away games, the road trips, some, some unique memories or traveling that you might be able to tell us on air? Yeah. I mean, we, we, that year was, was really special. Um, uh, we, like I said, we had a great group of guys. We had some really nice, humble, quiet players. And then we had Dom on the team, which had, and then everything else was in between, right? So um, <laughs> the story is <laughs> we were in L.A. Um, I think we were going to play Galaxy. I must, I, I'd assume Galaxy or, or OC, one of those two teams. And uh, so everyone's in uh, – there might have been like nine or ten guys in a room playing FIFA, playing PlayStation. And uh, and all of a sudden I, I, I'm playing and I, and I feel the bed rocking. And I'm like, uh, earthquake, right? I'm like, dude, there's an earthquake. And then, and then someone was like, yeah, okay, whatever. So then they felt it and they were like, oh, shit, earthquake. So then the alarm started sounding and everyone, everyone was probably in boxers and in shorts, no shirt. So everyone ran down the stairs, like everyone. And then we're like, where's Dom? <laughs> and Dom calls me and he's like, bro, why'd you guys run? You guys are a bunch of beep, 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 right? And so we're like, where are you? I'm in the room. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? You're supposed to run. He's like, I don't care if I die, die. It's my time to die, right? So I'm like, oh, gosh. So that was that was, that was was a really cool uh, moment. Um, and then the other one, I remember clearly, it's obviously a dumb moment again. Um, uh, the one right before the rally of the semifinal when <laughs> – when Preki finished talking at the rally, he didn't really want to be there because he kind of hated um, doing those things. And and then Dom grabs the mic and he's like, FLA, right? <laughs> and then you see Preki's face like, like, what are you doing, right? So the next day he like calls him out at practice and he was so pissed. And that was also a good moment. Um, uh, kind of scary moment was in a locker room. <laughs> After a practice, uh, Ivan and, and Tavo, Octavio Guzman, got into it, started pushing each other, and, and Ivan grabs the chair and we're going to throw it at Tavo. <laughs> so there's been, there, was, there was a lot going on that year. Um, but you know what? You need those things in the locker room. That's, that's what makes locker rooms special. Um, I feel like this year, you know, with the team we had, we, we missed it a lot. I think, you know, being around each other on the field is one thing, but then getting to practice and, and, you know, being there with each other in the locker room and all that stuff. I think, I think that was missed. And that's something that I missed a lot. Um, you know, you really get to know people a lot more, um, you know, when they wake up and they come in early in the morning, you know, what type of guy this guy is, you know, this guy's, you don't want to talk to him in the mornings or this guy's, friendly you know or he's had his coffee or he hasn't or I don't know just stuff like that um is something that that we definitely missed I'm sure this year is this a good time to bring up rubber chicken <laughs> you... yeah, yeah yeah I don't want is that, to is that from the first trip or when was that from no that was from the the cat uh, as Graham would call it the cabin the canteen um mm-hmm. I remember sometimes the food 
you guys had to work to get us get it set straight. But it was interesting how having everybody there at lunchtime, um, you know, that was the that was the other opportunity that you guys got to know each other. Yeah, was at at the at lunchtime in the cabin. Lunchtime, of course. Yeah, we we weren't always happy with the food, but we were always grateful that we had food. Um, a lot of USL teams, even MLS teams at that time, didn't really have food after training and you know you see that everywhere else in the world and you know I I think a lot of the players were were really grateful to have that um it you know meant you know the, the club was really looking forward to taking care of their players and obviously we had people behind it Sharon Daisy a lot of those people who who did a lot behind closed doors that that people didn't see but um that truly meant a lot for us um so yeah that's awesome yeah th thank you sharon for uh for doing all that too and yeah she, she's told us uh some of the stories there too and and i, I agree i mean you definitely want to have good teamwork because ultimately you know you you want to make sure that you get along outside of the field too and it, it does really help build that chemistry in the field yeah. um too so yeah. so let, let's talk about the the first and second seasons you know as we all know they were basically like polar opposites basically uh, we had some player turnover at the beginning of 2015 and then the coaching change. How would you describe those differences between the, the first season and the second season? Uh, the first season was, I think, was a roller coaster because we, we, we weren't always um, in first place or on top. We, you know, that season was just, typical first season for a, for an expansion team or, or a first team in the league. Um, but somehow we made it work, you know, and obviously we, we played that first game at a huge stadium with 22,000 people and we lose, you know, but I feel like, like the fans actually uh, enjoyed the way we played. Um, we might not have won the game, but I think we, we entertained the crowd and, and the fans were really, happy with the product we had on the field um i think those games didn't benefit us because of the field it was really narrow and small and all those football lines so you know i think our our, our football and our, our style of play really came out when we, we when we went to bonnie field um and yeah i mean that year i'll say it now i i think i think a big a big part um or a big moment in that year was when Kiffy came along, when we signed Kiffy. I think it was the, you know, the perfect piece to that puzzle. We were missing that piece. And, and you know, a lot of the guys ended up playing that that position. Chad Barlamay was a, was a forward, and he ended up playing left back. Um, we had little Jack Gavissian who played it as well. And, you know, they played it well, but it wasn't their position. So, you know, bringing in Kiffy was just, another element for that team and it's just what made our team a lot stronger um i don't think we would have won or maybe we would have but um i don't think we would have been as, as strong if if kiffy wouldn't have came on board so, so um you know going from 2014 to 2015 one of the things that i think everybody was aware of is that there was a tight-knit group of you guys that had wives or partners um 
And how do you think that that camaraderie amongst that core of you guys, you're a little bit older than the rest. How do you think that that kind of camaraderie affected, you know, the whole thing as a picture of, you know, cause that's, that was a, we did have a good handful, at least five, six, seven of you guys had wives or partners. How did, how did that affect the chemistry and the bonding and that kind of stuff? I think it affected a lot. Um, you know, we, us, the older guys, Justin was Nemanja, uh, Mickey, uh, even like Justin, uh, Tommy Stewart. Um, you know, those, those were the older guys on the team. And, you know, we were so close together. We lived next door to each other that we, you know, we were always together. Um, on the weekends, we'd get together, have some drinks, um, have some food out by the pool. And since we were the older, older guys are, are the core of the group, I feel like, um, you know, I think that's, that's what held the team together. I think, you know, we were able to really get along and, and, and speak about it outside of soccer, outside of, out of uh, the locker room. So, you know, we, when we had a problem, we always, we always found a way to fix it. And we always found uh, a way to keep the guys together, keep the guys uh, focused and, and and make everyone feel involved because you know sometimes in a team you know you, you have 20 guys 20 24 players and from the 20th to the 24th sometimes those guys don't feel involved or they don't feel special and and this year I feel like we we made everyone feel part of it um I think everyone played a big role uh in that season um you know at the end of the day at the end of the season obviously only 18 could suit up or be in that championship game. But at some point there was guys who were on that, uh, weren't on that roster that, that played games and that were crucial for the team. So, um, and it showed the support, you know, it showed the support throughout the, throughout the season and from the guys who, who weren't playing. So for us being together and living around each other made, made a big difference. Um, I think that, like I said, was able to, we were able to hold the team together or help at least because Preki always did a good job with that. I mean, he didn't really like to get involved, but, but when he did, he was just, you know, a few words and straight to the point and that's it. That seems to be a common theme we get from a Preki pep talks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, now, as far as that camaraderie and things of that nature, I, I assume it can't always be the easiest to do. I mean, you've got, players in that locker room different ages like far and wide different countries of origin um you've got some players that are on loan you've got players coming from the mls um how how does that work and were there any like particular memories or maybe uh thoughts between the guys uh team barbecues perhaps <laughs> yeah no no we would we would have team barbecues often actually we you know we'd get together we'd play you know some guys would be on the pool some guys would be playing cards poker like Justin would be on the grill every time and you know it's just guys knew that they they were always welcomed um you know we said bar we would just say barbecue this weekend Saturday and, and everyone would show up you know not just the guys who live there but all the other guys that live at the other apartments would show up and and they'd be there for a long time and and they'd want to be around us which was which was kind of cool so um you know that that made that made a big difference in 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 the locker room you know because we we never really had problems other than that one incident with Ivan and and and, uh, and Tavo but 
you know, other than that, we kind of like knew what we were about. And, and by the time we would show up to the locker room, we knew it was just, you know, go and, and, and do our job and then come out. And, you know, if we had a problem, we'd fix it. And, and next day would go on. No, 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 no issues other than, other than, you know, being in the locker room, everything stayed there and that's it. How did you blend the, the players that came in from like George and Alvis and Tommy and, you know, all the guys that came in, came and went, you know, from the different loner clubs, how did that work in blending, you know, these, these guys that were maybe here for two weeks, like Mike Facito, and then they were gone. How did that, how'd that work? Uh, I think we did a good job. Like I said, we, we always welcomed, welcomed everyone. I feel like we always, um, we had a, a group of guys who were always welcoming and, and heartwarm. So, you know, guys came in all the time and, and they'd love to be here, to be honest. Um, you know, I remember some guys, even like, even like, uh, Jake, Jake, they'd call him back and he, he'd want to stay here with us because he felt like he was obviously doing more for our group than going back to, to Portland, even if it was MLS, I think he, he was also a big role in, 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 in the team success. So, uh, if I go back and think the only one that didn't really fit in was probably Elvis Powell. Um, he's probably the only one that was, that didn't have a good time here. And not that we didn't, you know, make him feel welcome because I did. And I knew some of his friends in Portland and, you know, they rang me up and said, Hey, you know, Elvis is going out there. He's kind of, he's a strange one, but, um, you know, take him under your wing, welcome him at your home. And, and I always did, but he was just, he was just hard to, um, hard to go, come around and, uh, you know, he wanted to come back. He wanted to go back after like two weeks. He didn't really last. Um, but other than that, I think everyone else had a good time here. So, so I got to ask as a, as a big fan, you know, the game in Mexico and I follow Liga Mekis, uh closely and whatnot. Uh, I have a two part question. So how do you get to, to Celaya? You know, who we know it was in the old Ascenso Mekis. And then furthermore, you know, you went to Luca, Veracruz. And then also, uh, what was the situation like in Veracruz after, you know, all the things going on with the owner and, yeah. and all that? Um, actually, the Celaya story is, is interesting. Now that I think of it, um, I don't think a lot, of, a lot of people knew, but they put in an offer around August to Sacramento. And, and you know, I had, I had the 2014 year, I had two offers to leave to MLS and you know, San Jose was one of them. And, you know, was, I thought about it for such a long time and, and Perecki and everyone else was really supportive of me. And they said, look, whatever you decide to do, go ahead. Um, you know, we're going to support you. Just know that we have something special going on and, you know, you're playing really well. Um, and I would speak to the coach in San Jose and he said, look, you're going to come and you're going to play because we're struggling and we don't have anyone creative. So it was really hard. And speaking to my wife, um, who was my girlfriend back then, um, we just decided to stay. We, you know, she had a gut feeling that, that, that 2014 year was going to be special and it would end in a good way. And I mean, I don't regret it one bit. Um, in 2015, I think I had a chance to go to the galaxy and same thing. I, I ended up staying. Um, 
there was a there was an offer from Celaya, pretty good offer for me. Um, and 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 the ownership Graham at that time wanted to take the money. He was like, "Go, like we want the money." You know, it was good money for the team to sell players, especially from USL. It, it's rare. Um, and also knowing that I would be free a free agent at the end of the season, he was probably like, you know, it's better to sell him now and, and get money off him. Um, and I did a lot of research because I, I wanted to go back to Mexico, but I didn't know what Celaya was about. And I did a lot of research and, and I spoke to a lot, a lot of old teammates that I had in Mexico and, and they said it was a good, good, uh, good club. It was a club that was, um, that had new ownership very wealthy ownership and you know it did interest me but I wanted to finish my contract I just you know I had done so much already and, and given up so much and, and let so many offers go that I was just like I'm just gonna finish it and that year was really hard for me 2015 a lot of people don't know that but it was really tough for me because I had two-year contract here in Sacramento and after the first year I mean I was I was literally making no money that first year and and that second year I, I felt like I, I, I needed a raise not that I wanted it not that I deserved it but I, I needed it for my family I had a, I had Roman and you know I was barely getting by and it was just kind of hard for us and and I you know I mentioned it to the to the to the staff and and to to Graham and and the raise was like very little and they wanted to sign me for like two, three more years. So I was like, no, there's no chance. And I, I felt like they, they knew that I was so comfortable in Sacramento and so happy that they thought I'd never leave. So when they found out about Salaya and I re rejected it, I said, no, you know, you guys want money, uh, money that you guys didn't want to give me before. I'm, I'm just going to wait and finish out my contract, finish what I started. And then, you know, I'll leave free leave the right way i guess and when that happened they started off throwing me numbers here in sacramento hey stay we'll give you the max contract in usl and at that point i was like no there's no there's no chance now like you guys had your chance and uh, you know i'm sorry as much as it, i hate to leave like because i didn't really want to leave i'm going to be honest but i really wanted to pursue my dream in mexico and play in the first division so I felt like that was the time to do it. And, um, and I don't regret it. Like I really don't, um, a lot, a lot was, a lot happened that 2015 year at the end as well. Um, I felt like they were, they started taking me out of games on purpose just to, just because I didn't want to sign a contract and because I didn't want to stay and, re, uh, and resign with the team. And, I felt like they made it kind of hard for me to 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 live like those last those last few months and um you know I was really grateful for 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 uh Warren Smith who was still around and you know he helped me out a lot in so many ways um that people don't know and and imagine so you know and he was always supportive and and so when I left it was tough but I knew it was the time to go. I knew it was the right time for my career to to peak and to actually uh, make something out of my name. And what's good is you still have, it doesn't matter really what, I mean, to us, it does matter. But I mean, we didn't see the behind the scenes. And so we didn't get to feel that. And your your fan base, you know, was just stayed with you all the way. Like, 
uh, your relationship with Louis. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. that one is solid. I I swear that yeah. he and I we still text back and forth, and I know you guys communicate on a real regular basis, and you know that's just kind of that spells Sacramento when the players and the fans can build that kind of a, a steady relationship like that. You've, you've really done a good job and kind of on that note, um, you know, you were a pillar back then and, you know, always a fan favorite. And then coming back to Sacramento, you were greeted at the airport by this horde of really loud fans. Tell us a little bit about the process, you know, like leading up to it and including that moment and how you ended up getting settled in, in 2020. That was a pretty nice time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've always been appreciative of, of our fans, of our fans, of your guys' fans now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's something that, that describes Sacramento. Um, it describes what the city is about. Um you know, it's a little unfortunate now that that I'm not going to be able to be on the team anymore, and and it's been tough for me. I'm not going to lie; it's been really hard. And you know, see, especially after seeing that um, that welcoming and and you know, not being able to play in front of the fans or say goodbye like I wanted to in in, in the way that I imagined, it's just uh, it's tough, but. But I know that Sacramento, you know, they're always they're always going to support their players. Um, no, no players bigger than the club. To be honest, I'm I'm just a player that's that's came through. You know, I, I I feel like I've done a lot for the club. Yes, but but I'm I'm not bigger than Sacramento. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of players that come and go, and some might feel the same love for the for the for the crest. Others might not. But you know, it's something that I've always that I've always uh, had for this, for Sacramento, I've always really respected and, and really wanted to represent the club in the best way. Every time I've put on that, um, that crest on my, on my chest. Yeah, I'd agree. There's no player bigger than a club, but you give it a hell of a shot. <laughs> um, you are definitely one of the, 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 the ones, man, I, I put you in, probably cam up there as two of the the biggest players to ever come out of Sacramento, well not out of Sacramento, but to play for the Republic. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. why it's been tough. So that's why it's been so hard for me. Um, like I said, I don't think any player is bigger than, than the team, but you know, I, I, I feel like they knew what, what I wanted when I came back and that was to retire um, in front of, in front of Sacramento fans, in front of the TBV, and and I felt like we, we were all all on the same board, and you know for whatever reasons, everything went the total opposite way. So that's why that's why it's been hard for me. And I'm not I'm not I'm not mad. Um, I thought I was, but I I'm more hurt than than I am mad. Um, I'm more disappointed, I would say, than mad. But it is what it is. It's a club. Um, you know, sometimes you some, – I've been through it all, um, and I just didn't really expect it to be from, from Sacramento at this, this time around. But like I said, it is what it is. We move on. They move on. You know, um, I wish them all the best this next season. And, yeah, you know, because I made a lot of good friends, um, a lot of teammates. Uh, especially after this this year and in, in a pandemic you you become closer to 
um, to players and you really, you really see who, who means well, what players um, truly care about you and who really doesn't really care about you. You know, um, that's just straightforward. I've always talked and I've always expressed myself just freely. And, and I say what I, what I feel. What's next for you? Like, the, what are your plans? Like, like, are you planning on playing here in the States, maybe going back to Mexico or? I think he should plug. He needs to plug his training. You need to, ro- ro- however it is you want to plug your training, you need to do that. You know, as yeah, long as you're no, here in Sacramento, that, give us a plug. <laughs> no, I, I mean, as, as a playing career, I, I, I don't want to be done. That's, that's the truth. Um, but the other truth is that I really don't want to move anymore. Um, I think my family has, has gone through a lot with it. Um, you know, it's, it's been hard for, for Christina, my wife and, and for Roman, uh, being, we've been the last four or five years, we've been in, I want to say like five, six cities. So, um, you know, for them, it's, it's tough, you know, and seeing Roman have to change schools all the time is, <laughs> is even harder. So I don't know if I could do it anymore. I really don't want to. Um, and I don't think, you know, any USL team is going to offer me something that's going to make it worthwhile uh, moving again. So I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There's been calls. There's been talks, but nothing, nothing too interesting. I think, uh, Reno was one of them. I, I'm sure a lot of fans wouldn't have liked that one. But, uh, I, would, I would have never played for that team. So we were actually joking around that. What if it's like you? Of course, you know before it all happened with them. But I think we were joking around about it too. But yeah, wow, well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, no, no, it, it was it was definitely a possibility. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think mean, I Oakland's an hour drive. That's not bad. Yeah, throwing it out there. I, I yeah. can talk on that kit. It's nice looking. Yeah, yeah, and you can get there by train, so you don't even have to drive. You just hop on the train. I mean, come on. I didn't, Although, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what comes. Um, you I, know I, wherever I, you go. I you definitely know I, I could still play, and I still have the legs to play. So, you know, as long as, as long as you know, I have the legs and, and, and the body to keep going and I'm healthy, I think I'm always going ha- to want that. But like I said, I, I do have – you know, two little ones and a wife to think about as well. Absolutely. So, Roro, tell us about your your training. Pro, you know, your your training. Uh, your the you know the what you're working on right now. Yeah, I mean, I just do basically. I've done group and private sessions you know, ever since I was here in 2014. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the kids now uh, back then knew who I was. Now, like. You know, like I'll go coach some kids and their parents will be like, yeah, that's Roro. And they'll be like, yeah, who's that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so they, hey. won't, they don't know because they were too young, probably. But but who has the money? It's the parents, right? <laughs> well, right now, Christina has all the money. She takes everything. Oh, but I mean, the parents that are paying you to play, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. paying you to coach them. Yeah. So how how would anybody reach you, Roro, if um, you know, if anybody was interested and they heard this podcast and they were interested in getting you as a trainer, how, how would we reach you? Why don't you go ahead? Oh, they could, I mean, they could just go to my Instagram. I have my R8 football training, um, Instagram that, that I think that's where most people really, uh, usually reach out to me. Um, 
you know, obviously right now with the pandemic, it's tough. Um, but, you know, I do wear a mask. I do try to social distance the players. Um, you know, I had a camp this weekend, uh, which I, I was really close to canceling. And, you know, I had to call the parents a couple of days before to to let them know, you know, if, if they wanted to go on with the camp, then then I'd do it. But if not, I'd, I'd, um, I'd cancel it just because I want to be safe and I want them to feel safe. And and all the parents were really like, no, you know, I want, we want our kids playing. Um, I think it's the healthiest for for the kids right now at this point. Um, you know, being locked locked in the house and and not being able to do anything and doing homeschool is just has been tough. I'm sure, and like it, it has been for my kid. You know, I see it at home. So I think a lot of the parents understand, and and obviously we followed all the protocols and temperature checks and distancing and all that stuff so it went well it went well so i actually have one last question you know that thank you for for sticking around that one we really appreciate it uh, yeah. is it ever in, in your plans to like potentially get your coaching license one day and get into the, the coaching world or maybe like in a front office of a team like yeah i mean that? yeah 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 uh i was gonna start my b license but you know obviously covid hit and and now everything's on hold but as soon as um another course is out i think i'm gonna take that path and and see where where it leads to but um you know obviously i've always wanted to stick around uh, sacramento and and be part of the mls when when they do go mls so you know we'll see we'll see it, it's tough because I, I i truly thought that you know maybe if i wasn't playing i'd be offered somewhere to coach in there but you know it's it wasn't an option either so um now it's just time to wait and, and time to see see what happens uh in these next two years um one person that i'm really grateful for too is is um is louis um louis uh sharon knows how much i i really um care about that person and, and how much he's helped me and and also uh kevin nagel who's who reached out to me as well and and you know kept doors open for me so i hope one day i i could return and and be involved with the mls team in, in some sort of way you know whether it's coaching whether it's front office um i think i think it'd be it'd be huge for me and and hopefully huge for the club yeah, the, the, they definitely need to do something for you in the new stadium, right? Give you like a, a sweet, put a sweet <laughs> to your name and get recognition. <laughs> That'd be really nice. Yeah, it would be nice to know. Because then everyone, everyone's always going to text me, hey, you're big time. Because I already, oh. already and I don't like it because, you know, I, I, I played a, a role in, in, in the team's success. But there was also many good players on the team that, that made it possible. You know, we had such a talented group of guys at 2014 and and um you know a lot of them sometimes aren't recognized but to me they are because you know every time I think of that year I I think of all the, the great players that I played around and and I actually have that jersey right here framed up from from the championship so it's oh that's awesome bro I was, just, I was just looking at it right now as you guys are doing the interview trying to read the names but yeah. And what's funny is if you ever did get a, if you did get a statue at the M, you know, anywhere at a stadium, you know, the first person that would like totally like do something to it would be Dom. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah for sure. You probably go put like a beer in my hand or something. I don't know. I don't think. <laughs> Dom's a character, man. We we interviewed Dom. He's, he's, he's a funny guy. Roro, we appreciate the heck out of you. We really loved having you on the pod. And we, we know that if the fans are going to listen to everything you say and they're going to enjoy everything you say. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ro. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one and good luck 2021. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, you too. Thank you, Ro. So once again, you know, thank you to our legendary player, Roro, for joining us tonight. Really awesome interview. And, you know, it, it really took us back to 2014, right, guys? Oh, yeah, my goodness. Awesome. Yeah, that was that, good memories. Yep. Yeah. So we wish him the best of luck, of course. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what, what next team he plays with. Uh, hopefully it is Oakland Roots. Uh, that, that was a good suggestion, Michael. We had actually been uh, talking to Jordan Farrell, Sharon, and I in a previous podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one. And we, we did mention, you know, like it, you guys should probably uh, start looking at, at some of the players that Republic left behind. And Roro would be amazing to see him play for the Roots, and we'd be able to see him uh, – uh, play here in, in Sacramento and of course make the road trips out to Oakland too and it'd be a bittersweet game but I think it'd be kind of cool to still have him around and uh, play against him and if he scores against us you know I, I feel like I wouldn't be so mad right because you, you'd be like all right well th- that's what we lost he should have been with the team next season but <laughs> yeah we all wish Roro the best in what the future unfolds and because we've always followed him you know darn well that we'll be supporting whatever endeavor he chooses to take. Um, And if it is with the Oakland roots, Hey, that'll be kind of fun. I mean, any player that's ever left us and then gone to another team and then played against us, we always welcome them. Yeah. I've never heard the Republic fan base boo a former player ever. I just, that's not in our nature. So it would be a warm welcome. You know, we did, we've, we've done that. Yeah, definitely. So hopefully, that happens. So in uh, just one bit of news here before we close out that we have uh, as of today, December 7th, uh, we actually announced uh, our first incoming player for next season. It's actually midfielder Petteri Penanen, uh, also known as Peter. He comes to us uh, from Finland. He played over there a couple of years. Uh, he's uh, 30 years old and he played uh, with some of the under uh teams in Finland and as well as uh, an appearance also with the senior team as well. So definitely comes to us with a lot of experience over in Finland. And uh, what are your guys' thoughts on, on the signing? I mean, the little bit I've read about him, obviously I'm not going to act like I know everything about this guy from Finland, but uh, they said that uh, overall in his career, he scored 60 goals, 43 assists. So it sounds like a playmaker to me. Um, And then he had nine assists this past season. So I'll, I'll take anybody who's going to create for the team and feed the ball up to the top. So I did a little research uh, the minute it was announced and I started looking through his social media and I saw some of the videos and I saw his shot quality 
and I sh- and I saw his positioning on on the field. I think this is going to be a really really good player to watch. And hopefully, you know, sometimes when players come here to the U.S., you know, they're used to playing at the European level, which is a lot crisper, a lot faster. You know, there's a lot of differences between European and and you know their technique is different. And then um, American soccer, I hope he doesn't lose that sharpness, and I hope he brings it and makes the team raise to that level, that same level of, of uh, intensity and, and sharpness and focus. Um, just looking, watching, you guys should watch some of his feeds of what he's done. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, on, on his Twitter, I know M- Michael retweeted that tweet that he did earlier. I mean, he said, 2021, I can't wait you. I'm so happy, proud and motivated to join Soccer Republic FC. See you soon in Dominable City. And I mean, if you have a player that takes it to Twitter the moment that they get signed and they are already excited, then looks like it's going to be someone who will really represent us well. And, you know, we can't wait to, to see him out on the field next season and see, see what he brings to the table for, for our team. Well, uh, with that being said, I uh, wanted to remind you all, if you're not following us on social media yet, please give us a follow. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at State Republic 12 you're on facebook you can search for us state of the republic we also have a facebook group sacramento soccer fans please send in a request to join uh, we'll accept you again whether you're from sacramento or not we'll uh, accept any soccer fan on that group so please uh, uh, come by and talk about anything you like in the soccer world also if you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet please subscribe as i said it in the previous episode if you subscribe, you actually get notified every time we post a new podcast. And for all those of you who subscribe, you guys were among the first to listen to this amazing interview with Roro. So if you want to be updated whenever we interview someone else and get surprised, right, uh, please feel free to subscribe. And also, if you can, please leave us a review anywhere you leave reviews. Uh, one of those that I always talk about is Apple Podcasts. You can leave a review with an actual review written out, or you could just leave a star review up to you, but you have uh, those options there as well. So please feel free to, to do that. It really helps us out a lot. So with that being said, uh, thank you, Podcast Mom. Thank you, Michael, for joining us here tonight. So for Michael, for Sharon today, uh, my name is Luis. Thank you for joining us here tonight. You will hear from us next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening. 